Okay, so we know as Catholics, we grew up hearing scripture about parables. And this particular parable is only found in the Gospel of Mark. Now, parables are also, in general, only really found in the Gospel. We don't read them uh, many other places or see them used effectively like Christ did. Why is that? Well, first of all, it was one of the prophecies of the Messiah that he would speak in parables. That was actually one of the prophecies. Now, what is a parable? A parable comes from the Greek, Greek, meaning comparison or illustration or an analogy, which is a great way for us to learn. Now, the word parable uh, is really basically, or what the meaning I should say of it, is a parable is really a short tale that illustrates a universal truth. Truth in pictures. Now, you've always heard me laugh on the letters I get that Father Kaz and I share in the homilies, and I get them all the time. Father, Father, Father Kaz is love, and Father Chris, you're the truth. And, and I always point out we need both. We need both love and the truth. It is the truth that will set us free. So a parable teaches us the truth in pictures so that anybody can understand it, even a little child. He doesn't have to study Thomas Aquinas to understand the truth. He can see it in a picture. And this truth is very powerful. It will set us free. So the parable, how does it work? It usually involves a character that has a moral dilemma. Not sure what to do. So the parable suggests how a person should behave and should believe. Without it, there's no foundation for life. And without it, our society will crumble. Today is the life march. No matter how, I'm not going to get, don't worry, I'm not going to get into any laws or, or anything like that, but it doesn't matter. As many laws as you want to set or, or, or establish or force upon the people, it doesn't change the truth. That from conception, that child is life. Paul just said it. We just read it from Brother Jeff. And Paul says in the first reading that we will face abuses and afflictions publicly. As Christians, we are facing that now for our beliefs. But he goes on at the end, and he talks about to have the truth that we will not perish and that we will possess life. Those are the last words Brother Jeff read. And among those who have faith, they will possess life. No matter what we want to do, no matter how we want to redefine things, if we want to redefine life, if we want to redefine marriage, it doesn't matter. You can't hide the truth. And the whole purpose of a parable is to teach us the truth. You know, it's funny because um, Justice Blackman, in the minority opinion of Roe v. Wade, said if it's ever established that the fetus is a person, the whole basis of legalized abortion collapses. 
it has been established that the fetus is a person. So I guess we could ask, why hasn't it collapsed? The fact that legally it hasn't doesn't matter. Again, I go to the fact is the truth. And this is what our Lord is teaching us here through parables. And so how does he do it? The parable begins with something that every man understands because he has experience with it. And it'll lead him from what he knows to what, from what he understands to what he does not understand to then help him understand it. Does that make sense? It opens a person's eyes from the beginning, from where he is. So what is Jesus using here? Planting seeds. Because these people would all understand planting. They were agrarian. This was a, a, a farming culture. They were planting seeds. They would know what he was talking about. And then he leads them to understand something they should and ought to understand, even though they may not on their own. Now, Jesus is leading them through this parable. So the simplest definition of a parable is it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. That's why you don't see it used in our common culture. In fact, it'll be probably canceled in our culture today. I subscribed to Catholic World Report, and I just read an article this morning that they were canceled now from Twitter because making a simple statement that I read, I'm like, I don't even know how you find this controversial. Crazy. But you can't hide the truth. No matter how hard you try, you can't. And the parable reveals the truth to those who want it. That's why Jesus said it's not for everybody. When you read other places in the scriptures, Jesus says the parable is not for everybody. Now, what does that mean? How is it used then and who's it for? Jesus says it's for those who are open to the truth. That's what this is about. And he says it conceals the truth from those who don't want it. What a perfect passage for today, for the life march. Protect those people. Now, the people, as I said, could understand planting. They understand that it was man's job to plant the seed, but it was God's job to make the seed grow. It tells of our helplessness that there's some things we just can't do on our own. One of them is create life. We want to pretend that we can create it when we want in a test tube or end it when we want through an abortion. We can't. Only God controls that. And whether or not we follow his law is another question. So God in the same way controls the life of the seed. He does not make the seed, or man I should say, does not make the seed grow. God does. Nor does he, man understand how the seed grows. God does. It has the secret of life and growth within it, just like the baby. The mother doesn't even know how that baby's growing. The secret of its growth is in itself, given by God, just like this little seed, this little mustard seed that has the entire essence of life within it, just like the baby. And, 
And the human, the mother, doesn't even know how it's happening, but it does. It's this miracle. And our job as Catholics is to, to defend that most innocent. People who don't want the truth will try to cancel it. I'll try to cancel it, stop it, shut it down. You can't. God's in control, not us. God is got this. We don't. And this is our message, I think. So the secret of life, no man has ever created anything in the full sense of the term. What do you mean, Father? That's crazy. Man creates all the time. No, not really. Man can discover things. He can rearrange them. He can perfect them. He can develop them. But he really can't create. What do I mean by that? We do not create the kingdom of God, which is all around us. Only he can. Only God can. Man can only help or hinder it. God is creator, and we either cooperate or we don't. You know, yesterday we celebrated St. Thomas Aquinas, and us seminarians always laugh because we attend Dominican House Seminary, and it's Thomistic base. It's the Dominicans. St. Thomas was a Dominican. And you want to talk about getting the truth. You're going to get it at Dominican House. You're going to get the truth. And St. Thomas was all about the truth. And in fact, he has something that I find amazing. It's called five proofs for the existence of God. And he says, okay, you don't want to argue with me about faith. I can, you know, faith is the basis of belief in God, right? A belief in something we cannot see, tangibly touch or feel. And Thomas Aquinas says, all right, the way to believe in God is faith. But you know what? I'll tell you what. You don't have faith, I'll still show you God exists. He developed five proofs for the existence of God. And I've done talks on these. And they are based on reason alone. You don't even have to have faith to be able to see that God exists. Everything from the order of the universe to, you know, there are, there are powerful ways we can see just through human reason that God exists. But one of my favorite is proof number two, the proof of the efficient cause. Now, that's just a big word to say basically the first cause of things. What does that mean? All right. Everything in the world has an efficient cause, basically something that caused it to be a maker. So what caused me? My parents. But what caused my parents? Their parents. But what caused their parents? Their parents. But what caused their parents? Their parents. You get the point. You can't continue this ad infinitum. It cannot continue infinitely into the past. Somewhere it had to have a beginning. It just can't magically appear without some form of a being. Well, actually, yes, it can. Because the only way that something exists today is to have a starting point. And that starting point is God. 
So if your parents caused your, their parents and their parents caused their parents, who caused their parents? Somewhere it had to have a starting point, a very first cause. And that first cause is God. We call it God. Thomas Aquinas said this. Now, <clears throat> we cannot have, Thomas Aquinas said, an infinite series of causes. You can't keep saying, well, this caused this, and this caused this, and that caused that, and that caused that. It can't go on infinitely. He said, because it can't be possible that this odd infinitum can happen. Now, here's what he says. Because then the series, meaning your cause and their cause and that cause and that cause, would have no beginning point. And if it had no beginning point, it could not exist today. Well, I exist today. I'm before you. That means that the series of causes that brought me today had to have a beginning point. If it had no beginning point, it wouldn't exist today and I wouldn't be here. This is incredible. I don't even need faith, even though I have faith, to be able to know that there has to be a greater being, a creator. This first maker or first cause or creator we call God. Powerful. All right, so to finish, this parable speaks of this creator and how he deals with us. And the mustard seed becomes a great tree. And this empire that is, belongs to the creator is his church. The tree is the church, the church fathers tell us. And this tree that is the church and the birds that find refuge in it stand for all the nations. So these birds that Jesus was talking about that come to find refuge in the branches are all the nations of the world that can find refuge in the truth of the church. The church began with an individual little tiny seed in Galilee 2,000 years ago. Little drop. And now it spread to the whole world. It was as small as a mustard seed and now has room for every nation in the world. I saw a mustard seed, I said a second ago, it's smaller than a grain of sand. It is almost impossible when you look at it to think that anything can grow from it. This is what our church did. This is the faith of our church. And so I finish with a quotation from St. Peter Chrysogolus, an early church father. Let me just finish with this quote and I'll be done. He talks about the mustard seed. And this really grabbed my attention when I read it. He says this. He, well, before I give you his quote, he basically explained how the tree of the cross, both made of wood, spread its branches and grew from this tiny little thing in Galilee on Calvary to a worldwide community of faith, offering its fruit, the fruit of the tree, to the whole world from its branches. Now, here's what he said, quote, It is up to us 
to sow this mustard seed in our minds and let it grow within us into a great tree of understanding and truth reaching up to heaven. Then it will spread out its branches of knowledge. Yes, it is true. A mustard seed is indeed an image of the kingdom of God. Christ is the kingdom of heaven. Sown like a little mustard seed in the garden of the virgin's womb. Life. Life in the womb. This tiny little thing. He grew up into the tree of the cross, whose branches now stretch across the world, crushed during the Passion. Its fruit has produced seasoning, enough for the preservation of every living creature with which it comes in contact. As long as a mustard seed remains intact, its properties remain dormant. Remember, lest a seed die and fall to the ground and break open and has no life in it? But when it is crushed, its properties of life become evident. Interesting. So it was with Christ. He chose to have his body crushed because he would not have his power concealed to lie dormant. When God promised a kingdom to the patriarchs, who are the patriarchs, Abraham and Moses and Noah, the seed took root in them. Christ is outside of time, remember? And with the prophets, it sprang up. Now with the apostles, it grows tall. And in the church, it becomes the greatest of all trees, putting forth innumerable branches laden with gifts. Last sentence. And now you too must take the wings of the psalmist's dove and fly to rest forever among those sturdy, fruitful branches. So the bottom line, what is St. Peter Chrysagalus re referring to here? We need to find shelter in the church. The same way the birds in this parable found shelter in the branches of the mustard tree when it grows, so we too must find shelter in the church. I always point when you look at a church like this, kind of reminds you of Noah's Ark, doesn't it? As I'm looking out, you can't really see it, but the roof of the shrine is a dome and it's long elongated. It looks like an ark, an ark of Noah who preserved life from death. 
It was on the ark that they were protected. Mary is the ark of the new covenant. Why? Her womb brought us the new law. Not the law written on stone, but now the living word, Christ. It is in her womb that fruit was born. The fruit of the womb. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. And so we have the symbolism of in the womb, life. Stay within the womb of the church. Yeah, she's made her mistakes. But as I said in my other homily the other day, we don't leave Jesus because of Judas. We pray that the priests, the bishops, will be faithful to the teaching of Christ and his church. And one of the most things that we need to pray for them to be faithful to is the truth. Without the truth, we have nothing. Without the truth, our society will crumble. With the truth, we will be set free. But remember, it all has to be done in love. God bless you. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.